0: Psalm 67, that's what we're gonna be looking at today. Welcome to International Sunday. Welcome to those joining Church Online. Show your appreciation, folks. You're part of our church, and we're so pleased you're connecting. Father, we pray as we turn to the Bible, you would meet with us. Thank you, you know every single person in this room. God, thank you, you love us and you have a purpose, not just for us here, but for the multitudes of people beyond us in the world, many people facing great anxiety, God, we thank you, God, these are times where we can respond in faith, trusting you. I'm asking, God, for each person here and each person joining us online, I'm asking for divine protection in the name of Jesus over our lives. We thank you, God, we trust you. I pray now, Holy Spirit, speak to us, inspire us with the purpose of us being an international church. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, so concerning times, right? We, you, I mean, I don't want to keep laboring it, but it is concerning times. You're turning on the news, you're, you're on your social media, you're hearing about coronavirus, lots of concerning things. And uh, hopefully the video we, we, we just sent out uh, this week that you saw on the screen will help you. Feel free to share that with others that you know who couldn't make it along today. So, but you know what's more concerning the coro- than the coronavirus and actually much more contagious and much more damaging to people's souls is actually racism. Uh, that's, that's far more concerning and far more eternally devastating is racism. And uh, one of the things I noticed in the news last week was is, is there's been a rise in attacks on Asian people because of the coronavirus. And that's just hideous, absolutely hideous. So there was one uh, Chinese guy in London was attacked because he was Chinese. And, it was, and as they were attacking him, they were talking about the virus that he brought over to, to the UK. And the the Guardian reports a noticeable marked increase of racist attacks on Asian people. In fact, I heard in Edinburgh of um, some people experiencing that when they're sitting on the bus as an Asian, people are moving away from them. Do you know, my advice to you Asians is you should move away from people like that in case you catch their racism, all right? Because that ain't acceptable. That's absolutely hideous, hideous. I feel like apologizing to you on behalf of my people but then I was thinking about that, and I realized, actually, no, no, you are my people, all right? I'm not, I'm not I don't consider myself British. I don't consider myself, I, I consider myself a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, and every tribe, nation, language, and peoples are represented in that. So I mourn with you. This is unacceptable. And uh, so we, we don't accept racism. Say amen if you agree. Um, Destiny Church Edinburgh, from, from the get-go, has been an international church. I remember when it started in uh, me and Angie's living room, we, we kicked it off. And the first two people that I discipled was a South African guy called Bill and a Chinese guy called Kenny. And, and then the next few people who joined us, there was a Kenyan girl called Sarah. There was a, Bolivia, a, a lady from um, Moldova who we baptized There was a couple from Sweden, and literally it was anything but the Scottish. We even had Irish people, right? You couldn't believe it. We had Irish people, but we didn't even have Scottish people. And so, from the word go, it's been an international church. Not we didn't set out, oh, let's start an international church. We just set out to let's just love people, let's just share the Bible, and just by the grace of God, I think the grace of God on us has meant that we're just an international church. And God's done that by design, and that's just an incredible privilege. Every day I consider that a privilege. Let me take you to a psalm, and I won't do justice to it like these guys did. but I'm going to read to you Psalm 67. These are the verses I want us to focus on today. In fact, you're going to help me read it, all of you, in English, otherwise there'll be confusion. Okay, so in English, Psalm 67, it says, for the choir director with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. Now, this is where you start with me. One, two, three. God be gracious to us and bless us. Now, as we're saying this, I want you to say it like a prayer and then like a declaration. So, let's start again, okay? Ready? One, two, okay. Now, before we start, no, I am just kidding. You. Let's start again. One, two, three. God be gracious to us and bless us. Cause His face to shine upon us, Selah, that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Selah. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our gods, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Now, you probably noticed there's a couple of themes running through. One theme is just blessing, blessing, blessing. But then the other theme, mega theme that runs right through it, which makes it really appropriate today, is nations, earth, peoples. Those, Those three words, nations, earth, peoples, mentioned 11 times in the psalm. It's all about how God wants to bring blessing on nations, on the earth, on the peoples. And that's why it's incredibly apt for today. So let me just work way through it for you, and just verse at a time, and apply it to our lives. First of all, it says, God be gracious to us, and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah. Now, selah means pause for a moment, and think about that. So, we're going to pause for a moment, and think about that. We're thinking about God's being gracious to us and blessing us, and causing His face to shine upon us. I mean, my question instantly, and this is what when I paused and thought about that. Here's the question that came to my mind: How could God bless a rebellious, sinful people like human beings? I mean, seriously, we're lucky we're not cursed. How how on earth could we anticipate in any way at all that God would want to bless us and? The answer is, if you look in the verses, it says, may God be gracious to us and bless us. May He cause His face to shine upon us. Those two phrases, being gracious and His face shining upon us, speaks of this amazing thing called grace. Say grace. Grace. This is God's unconditional favor, just shining on us. There was a a conference years and years ago when C.S. Lewis was alive, there was a conference in Britain among religious leaders. And at that religious leaders conference, they were discussing the uniqueness of all the different religions. When they came to discuss about Christianity, they were trying to find, well, what is it that makes Christianity unique to all the different other religions on earth? And they were talking about, well, is it its moral system? But they said, no, there's moral systems in other religions. And they kind of went through it until they managed to, they they were kind of discussing and debating, they couldn't come to an answer. And then in walked C.S. Lewis and asked them what they were discussing. They asked, well, we're trying to figure out what is it makes Christianity unique. And he, and he said, okay, it's simple, very easy. It's grace. Say grace. It's just grace. You see, and and when, they, when they heard that, they started discussing that. And they actually came up with an agreement on that. That, that actually is what sets Christianity apart from every other religion. The notion that God's would love us free of charge completely apart from how we operate before him that his love for us would be unconditional not based on how good we've been but based on how good god is in buddhism you have the eightfold path in hinduism you have karma sorry karma in islam you have the the code of law in judaism you have the 10 commandments but only in christianity does god's love and forgiveness Come to us not because of something we've done, but because of something He's done. You see, someone said that grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. G R A C E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Next year, 2021, we're planning a trip. I want to take you all on holiday. We've teamed up with Oak Hall. And we're going to do a, a trip to Israel, a destiny tour to Israel, all right? So two of you are really excited about that, that's great. Okay. You can be the tour guides. So we will announce that it's going to be around about this time, before or after Easter next year. Uh, so watch this space if you want to have a cool holiday. Uh, Israel, but a 10-day tour, and we'll have a great time. Okay, that's, that's next year. When I was there a few years ago, My favorite place in Israel to visit was, amazingly, it was the bus terminal in Jerusalem. Now, the bus terminal in Jerusalem has behind it a rock formation, which is in the form of a skull, and many people believe that that was what was being referred to with Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. It's where Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. And the reason that's probably my favorite place, possibly on earth, is because when I stood in that very common environment, a bus terminal, I realized that on that piece of land, 2,000 years ago, all of my sin was placed on a sinless man who happened to be fully God. And he died in his love for me and for you. He died for us, shed his bloods so that we could be forgiven, and then after three days resurrected. And only because of what happened right there, only because of that, only because of that can I, as a rebellious, sinful human being, expect any blessing on my life. I'm not good enough for his blessing. It's not like, oh, I've had a good week, I'm gonna have a really blessed weekend. No. I've done more good things this week. Everything, God's gonna answer my prayers better. Uh-uh. Your prayers being answered, nothing to do with your goodness. That's why you pray in the name of Jesus. Okay, your authority, your blessing, everything about the reason I'm blessed is I'm in Christ. I'm as blessed as Christ is before the Father. I'm as loved as Jesus is loved before the Father. I am as as, as accepted and as eternally secure as Jesus and the Father are. Because I become in Christ. That's what happens. I experience grace. So may God be gracious to you and bless you. May he make his face to shine upon you. This is so important. See, God doesn't accept me as I am. He loves me despite how I am. He loves me just as Jesus is. And that's grace. Anyone grateful for grace? Show your appreciation for God's grace. Thank you for your grace. Now, when I think of grace, I don't just think, okay, grace. Yeah, that was when I was 15. I trusted in Jesus, and I was saved. And maybe today, you want to be saved. Today, you don't don't know God yet, but today, you can be saved watching online, you can be saved, you can trust in Jesus, and you can hear in person, you can be saved. When I was 15, I was saved. Now, I experienced grace, that was back then, but I have to tell you, it's, the grace isn't just what got me going, grace is what keeps me going. When this psalm is written, it's, it's written not for people who are just getting saved, this was written to people who were saved, saying, God be gracious to us and bless us. It's not just that you were blessed when I was 15, it's that you're blessed. So actually for the last 30 years, I'm nearly 45, for the last 30 years of my life, I've been blessed. And blessing has, not, I got blessed when I was 15, I got saved. But everything I've experienced since then, every blessing I've received since then has been by grace, not because I've been so good. It's by grace that I got my calling. It's by grace I've seen miracles. By grace I've been blessed with a wife and kids. By grace I've been blessed with property by grace, everything I have has come by the grace of God's. The grace of God isn't just what you got you going, it's what keeps you going every day of life. It's not just the A, B, C, it's the whole A to Z of your life. You live in an atmosphere of ongoing, prevailing grace. May God be gracious to us and bless us. That's your confidence. Then it says, may His face shine upon us. That speaks of relationship that speaks of favor. His face, it's not, he's, not a higher, he's not just a higher power, some anonymous force. He is a powerful being, but he's not unknowable. You can know him. May he make his face to shine upon you. Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, um, a few months back, there was a charity auction where he was offering I'll take someone out for a coffee and spend one hour with them over a coffee. Who wants it? And, and these people started bidding for, to have an hour to go for a coffee with Tim Cook. And the bidding started at $5,000, and then it went all the way up to $610,000. Someone spent $610,000 for a coffee, <laughs> okay, duh, uh, so they could have a coffee with Tim Cook. They paid to have a relationship and encounter with Tim Cook but the amazing thing about our gods is that he paid, the greatest being ever, he paid to have a relationship with you. He, at his expense, at far more expense than you could ever imagine, he made a relationship with you possible. May God, say it with me, may God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Selah, let's. we've just thought on that and it's blessed us. So let's just continue in the verses. It says in verse 2, that your way may be known on the earth and your salvation among all nations. May God bless us, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. That, say that. It's probably the most important part of the whole verse, of the whole psalm, because it links God's blessing on us to something God wants to do on earth. He blesses us that your way may be known on the earth. Did you know that every day people take 93 million selfies? Not individuals, but collectively, if you do take, okay, 93 million selfies every day. And it's kind of, it's a little bit... um, Selfies are fun, but there's something about it that is kind of indicative of our society. We're living in a very selfie-focused culture. It's all about the individual. The individual's king. You know, it's all about you. You're more important than everyone else. Ignore everyone else. That's the kind of agenda of our society. But what God does in this psalm is it's like he, he goes from being a selfie to, you know, you flip the camera and all of a sudden it starts looking out that's what the psalm does. It starts with saying God wants to bless you, but then it says the reason God wants to bless you is that God's name may be known on the earth. Now, if the Jews who were listening to this psalm, probably David wrote this psalm, and when they originally heard this psalm, they would have recognized in the psalm two key Old Testament passages that were kind of intertwined into this psalm. One was the blessing of God's uh, on Abraham and the other was the blessing that the priests would bring over God's people. So, let me start with that one. Here's, here's the two links. Here's the two verses that kind of merge to form this psalm. The ironic blessing or the priest's blessing that they would declare over God's people. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. It's a great blessing, and the priests, the Jewish priests, would declare that blessing over God's people. The Lord bless you, keep you, make His face to shine upon you. The question is, well, why would God bless us? And then that links then to the next blessing, which is God's blessing on this great hero of the faith called Abraham. And this is what it says in Genesis chapter 12. This is the promise of God to Abraham, which is also the promise of God to you and to I. Verse 2. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. All nations, all peoples will be blessed through you. So here we see this intertwining of these two blessings. The priest's blessing, may God bless bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, give you peace. And then at the same time, this promise, this great promise from God to this great patriarch, Abraham, saying, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great. And then he goes on to say, and through you, all peoples on earth will be blessed. These two blessings are linked over in these verses. You know, the headline is this, folks, you're blessed to be a blessing. That's the truth. You're blessed to be a blessing. Say, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Turn to your neighbour and tell them, You're blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. Okay. When I say you're blessed, what do you say? So let's try it. You're blessed. You're blessed. You're blessed. You know, last weekend I was uh, when you guys had a great time with Andrew Owen and Mika from Helsinki, was also preaching in our other services. We had a great time. Uh, Last weekend, I was preaching in Dunfermline at the Vine Church. Brilliant church, great friends with the pastor and the leaders there. And I was speaking at the Vine Church in Dunfermline. And I was preaching about reaching people for Jesus. And I've talked about you pray for them, you care for them, and then you share with them. Pray, care, share. And I was t- telling different stories about how God had used opportunities we had had to care for people, how it opens people's lives up to Jesus, and then they came to faith. Pray, care, share. At the end of the message, uh, a lady came to me and said, hey, I, I haven't been at church for 16 months, and this is my first time back at church. She was a single parent mum with six kids. That's amazing. Whoa. And she said, But this is my first time back with my kids at church. I haven't been here for 16 months. And the reason we're back today, and she told me a story. She said, a few weeks back, um, we didn't have a car. My kids said to me, mum, why don't we have a car? And she said, we can't afford one. So my oldest said, let's pray that God will provide us with a car. So they prayed and asked God would provide us with a car. And then she said, two days after that, I was on the bus and uh, going from one part of Dunfermline to another, and someone who I knew in the bus was chatting to me and said, oh, by the way, would you need a car? I've got I've got one I'm getting rid of. I was wondering maybe you'd like it, and she said, "Wow, yes." So God answered our prayer and gave us a car. But when we got the car, she said it was absolutely filthy on the inside, absolutely filthy. So we needed to give it a valley. And uh, but because I was so busy with looking after the kids, I needed to get someone in to do the valley of the car. So she said I went on Google and I looked through and found someone. Okay, there's someone. They're in they're in the kind of Fife area. I'm going to get them to do the valley. So, they got this guy out to do the valley, and at the end of the valley, he said to her, uh, do you know what I really feel? I feel that God wants me just to give you that valley because he wants you to know that he really loves you. And she was so blown away. Like, this, it wasn't like searching Christian valeters, right? Okay. And I, I don't think all the valeters are Christian. So, I mean, what was the chances of that? So, she got, she, she's prayed and God provided her with this car. It's a mess. Uh, So she gets a valetor in, and he does the valet. She's expecting to pay for it, and the valetor said, oh, I feel God's told me that I should give that to you because he loves you. And she was blown away by this, and she asked him, wow. Uh, So she got into conversation with him, and she discovered that he attends a church called Destiny Church, Edinburgh. Danny Vimteman in, in our Leith location. Wow. And so, isn't that cool? Yay. Bear in mind, I've just been preaching on pray, care, share, okay? So, so Danny said, oh, yeah, I, I attend Destiny Church. Anyway, that following week, she gets a message out from the Vine Church that she hadn't been to for 16 months saying, oh, Peter Anderson, the pastor of Destiny Church Edinburgh is preaching this Sunday. She thought, I came along today because I wanted to hear the pastor of the guy who attends his church, and he, he gave me that valley for free. Anyway, at the end of the service, guess what happens? Her 10-year-old son gave his life to Jesus. Yes. Yes, God. Pray, care, share. You're blessed. Come on, a bit more sync here, folks, okay? The folks online got it perfect. You guys were rubbish. You're blessed. You're not just blessed because God loves you. And of course he loves you. But he wants to love through you. Why would you want to keep it at this level? The lowest form of Christianity is to be blessed. The highest form of Christianity is to be a blessing. Some people say, oh, I have a problem with this idea that God would want to prosper you. I don't like the idea of prosperity. You know, as long as I have enough for me and my own, you're the most selfish individual I've ever met. I know that sounds awful humble of you to say that. Oh, as long as I have enough for me and my own. That sounds very religious and humble. But since when was life just about you and your own? right? So, you're blessed. It's more than you. God bless you and make His face to shine upon you that His name may be known on the earth. See, God never draws you close for intimacy without then sending you out to be a blessing. David, this great king, understood completely God's world purpose. David understood that at the very beginning of time, God had commissioned Adam and Eve to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. They blew it, but God didn't give up on the plan. He always wanted blessing to come to the ends of the earth. So then he comes and finds Abraham, and he says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your name great, and through you, all peoples on earth will be blessed. David was highly aware this is the purpose of God for mankind. He wants to bring blessing through God's people on the whole of the earth. That was the purpose of God. And that's why David was praying this prayer in this psalm. God, would you bless us? Make your face to shine upon us, that your name may be known in the earth, that your ways may be known on the earth. And God, show yourself to this world through the blessing of God on your people. You see, how does God bring blessing to nations? Every time, it's by blessing his people. The church of Jesus Christ is a blessed institution. And through the blessing of God on us, blessing comes to the nations. In fact, I go as far to say as the church is the greatest success story of all human history. 25 years ago, 45,000 children died every day, whether by starvation, disease, or malnutrition. Today, that's down to nineteen thousands. Long way to go, but it's a lot better than 45,000. Who is the major force in bringing about this change? Answer, the church of Jesus Christ. We're the ones, the Church of Jesus Christ that has brought medical centers and clinics around the world, who through organizations like Compassion, sponsoring those children by the tens, hundreds, thousands of kids, setting up orphanages, healthcare, and schools. Children are going to school and getting education. Who's driving that? We're the ones. Step further, 25 years ago, 80% of this world's population was illiterate. Today, it's down to 20%. Guess who's done most of the literacy work? Answer the Church of Jesus Christ. The Church has put a Bible in the hands of the majority of our population and enabled them to read. There's the force behind that, driving force behind that change to bring education to all people, has been the Church of Jesus Christ. 27 years ago, Habitat for Humanity set up this organization to build houses for those who cannot afford it. And just recently, they've past their one millionth home that they've built for free for people. 25 years ago, one in six people on earth had access to clean drinking water. Today, it's down to one in 12. The situation has improved 100%. Wells have been dug, bringing uh, good water out of the ground so that people can drink clean water, free from fear of disease and contamination. Who's dug these wells? Answer, the vast majority of these wells have been dug, by believers like you and I, who are blessed in order to be a blessing. I do not know any other organization in all human history that has done so much for this world than the church. You're blessed. So I have a worldview. I have a worldview. I have a deep conviction. My conviction is this, that blessing will come to this entire planet through the church of Jesus Christ. So we're we're not about a small thing. We're not about some little thing on the sides. Oh, you've got all these great things, and all oh, this wee thing over at the side of the church. No, it's the main thing. He calls it his house. He calls it his bride. He calls it his body. That means as in his body, as he walks on this earth, how is he walking on this earth? How is he touching people? How is he speaking to people? How is he loving people? Answer, through his church, the body. It's not plan B. It's plan A. God's going to impact the entire planet through the church. You're a blessed people. You're blessed. blessed. This is the purpose of God on your life. This is His calling for you. I am a a huge optimist, but not based on just my personality. Based on the Bible. I believe all nations are going to be blessed. I believe all nations will be impacted. Let all the peoples praise you. I believe it's going to happen. How is it going to happen? Only one plan. Through the blessing of God on the people. So why do we gather and share and learn and grow and glorify God and give each week, every Sunday when we come to church? Answer, because we believe in this. We believe as we're blessed, we're gonna be a blessing. You're God's answer in your workplace. You're God's answer in your family. You're God's answer in your community. Where you go, God goes. And with the blessing of God is on you, it flows out to be a blessing on other people. That's how it happens. That's why we're dreaming of multiplying well, if the church is the answer, let's multiply church. So we want to see at least 10 locations established all around the Lothians and maybe beyond. We would love to plant 100 churches in the first instance all over the world from our church. We've got eight going, and we've got five locations on the ground in the Lothians, but I believe God wants to do it. 10 locations, 100 plants all over the world. Say amen if you agree. Oh, you're so blessed. Only four of you? Oh, well, I thought you were all blessed. Yes. So, impact in the nations. So, what does that look like? Well, the verses go on and tell us what impact in the nations will look like. It says that he'll be known, he'll be praised, he'll be enjoyed, and he'll be feared. Verse two it says that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation no, among all nations. What's this way of God that will be known? Well, you think about it. May God be gracious to us and bless us. Who's us? Well, us as sinners. And this, the world's going to look on and see how, oh, they've been blessed. Them? They've been blessed? That's by grace. And all of a sudden, the world learns. I now understand something about God. That God doesn't just bless good people. God blesses bad people because there are no good people. God shows love to people who don't deserve it. Maybe he would show that love to me. God's ways are made known on the earth, and we are the trophies of his grace. Let all peoples praise you. In the the original Hebrew, we read this as a prayer. May all peoples, let all the peoples praise you. We see it as a prayer. Let all the peoples praise you. But in the original Hebrew, actually, it's more like a prophecy. It's more like a prediction. Let all the peoples praise you. And you jump right ahead to the end of the Bible, book of Revelation. It says there before the throne was people from every tribe, nation, tongue, and language singing their praises, singing their hearts out to God because he's redeemed them and saved them. Let all the peoples praise you in Jesus' name. Verse four, it says, let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you will come to judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Selah. Let's pause for a moment and think about that. (laughs) The nations are going to be glad. Why are they going to be glad? Because he's coming as a judge. He's going to bring justice, and he will guide the nations. You see, the weird thing is, on earth, there are multitudes of people who see the injustice of earth and blame God. How can there be a good and just God when there's so much injustice? But on the same planet… In the same unjust planet, there are a pile of people on earth, kind of like you folks, who don't blame him, but who praise him that despite the injustice, two things. First of all, it's not going to last. A king will return. Justice will be implemented on earth. Praise God. I'm glad about that. But the second thing is that even in the midst of the injustice of the earth, thank God's there is a God who's on the throne who's just. And thank God that even in the midst of the injustice, he's a master at turning what the devil meant for evil for the good in people's lives. That's what he does all the time. He does it for you. Does it for the nations. The ultimate injustice was the cross. Evil was imposed on a sinless man, and God turned that ultimate evil that ultimate injustice for the ultimate goods, the salvation of mankind. So you think he did it for that, and he won't do it for your situation? He won't intervene in your unjust situation? Of course he does. So you can be glad, not just because there is a future ruler who's coming, where justice will be applied on earth, but you can be glad because in the middle of everything, he's the God who just delights in turning it for the good. And then it says, God blesses us that all the ends of the earth will fear him. You know, imagine... A relationship with a being that combines being known, being praised, enjoyment and gladness, and fear. What kind of being would this be? This is not a tame being. This is not a being you can come to in your terms. This is a being, this great being, the creator of all, who can be known praise. He can be glad. You can enjoy Him, and you can fear and tremble before Him. So close, so intimate, you can know Him as Father. You can know Him. So worthy of praise, so glorious. I'm totally blown away that He would save someone like me. Praise His name. So delightful. He satisfies your deepest desires. And so awe-inspiring, so big, omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresent, so awe-inspiring, creator, eternal gods that tremble before him, and yet I know him, and I'm close to him. I mean, what kind of being is this? He's God's. He's actually the exact one you need to have in your life. He'll make you the most adjusted person you know. He will help you get off your warpednesses and get you on track, help you go from being lopsided to being on solid grounds, a relationship with this being will change your life forever. And that's what this world needs so desperately. Verse 6 and 7, it says in closing, The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us, and the ends of the earth will fear him. Now, notice it goes in the psalm from may God bless us to now God blesses us so there's an assurance. He's prayed a prayer, but at the end of the prayer, he's pretty sure it's going to happen. You see that? See, what David's done here, in his praying, he's done what all people should do in their praying. He's got a couple of promises, book of Numbers, book of Genesis, the blessing that priests bring, the blessing on Abraham. He's got a couple of promises, and he's brought them into his prayer time, and when you start praying the promises, that's powerful praying. And you see, the Bible says in the New Testament that this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. Even before you see it materialize, it's a done deal. So the psalm ends with, he starts with praying, but because he's praying in line with not his own ideas, but God's ideas. He's not praying his own will, he's praying the will of God. Powerful praying isn't praying what you want. Powerful praying is praying what God wants. And because he's praying that way, powerful praying has happened. So, coronavirus, we're living in uncertain times. But you can pray. You can trust. You can believe. Our God blesses us. All the ends of the earth will fear him. That's why I'm praying in the middle of all this. The blessing will be on the people of God. And at this time, when people are asking the big questions it actually would turn out for their good. That is, they're in the moment of crisis. I mean, how many people in a moment of crisis have found the best answers ever in their life, right? And it's kind of happening on national scale. Well, do you not think God who's guiding the nations can do something magnificent and turn this injustice and evil for the goods? Of course he can. He can take this hideous thing and turn it around for the most glorious results in people's lives. So why don't we pray that? Our God blesses us. He's gonna bless you. And then the whole ends of the earth are going to fear him. Personal insecurities. Your job situation's up in the air. Your immigration situation's up in the air. Maybe it's a relationship situation up in the air. God blesses you. And through you, all the ends of the earth are going to fear him. God wants to do a great thing. Just before Billy Graham's 1954 first crusade in London, a reporter asked him, Billy, Are you an optimist or a pessimist? And without hesitation, Billy Graham said this I'm an optimist. I know God, and I've read the end of the Bible, and it assures me that we who are in Christ have the victory. You know what I reckon? I reckon you're blessed. No, I'm pretty sure of it. I'm pretty sure you're blessed. Father, we give thanks to you so much that we can pray, we can seek you, because you're a God who can be found. We thank you, God, you're a God who wants to bless your people. History has proven, God, that your blessing on your people brings blessing to the lands. And God, our desire is that the peoples of this earth and the peoples on our doorstep would find this great God who can be known, praised, feared, and delighted in. I pray, God, that we thank you, God, we can know you, we can praise you, God, we delight in you, and we fear you with the deepest reverence in our hearts. God, we give thanks to you, God, that you're mighty and you want to pour out blessing on your people and favor in your people. You want to cause your face to shine upon us. Thank you, God, right now, your face shines upon us. And God, as a people, God, we're blessed. We're so blessed. God, we have more than we know what to do with. We're so blessed. And I pray that we would be a people who are just a continuous source of blessing to those around us in the name of Jesus. Just keep praying. Take a moment to respond. If, if for you, life's been all about you, you're actually doing yourself a disservice. The irony is, if you live for yourself, The very person who does badly out of that is you. So instead, live for God. Make a fresh choice. God, I want my life to be all about you. I don't want to be a selfie-focused individual. I want to be someone who looks up and looks around. Make that decision. Readjust your focus. while people are praying it might be today that you're not yet in relationship with God I'm sure there are people either here in person or joining us online and you haven't yet got a relationship with God the great news today is that God loves you and knows you more than you even know yourself and despite of your sin he wants to share his blessing on you all because 2,000 years ago, Jesus died in your place on the cross. So that's you today. And you're saying, Peter, I, I, I want to know God. I want to have this relationship where I know him. I praise him. Where I'm so t- I enjoy him and, and indeed I tremble before him. I want to have this relationship with God. Where I'm part of God's family, forgiven for my sin. I want to be part of this blessed people and right now this is your moment to enter into that experience with God and the way you do that very simply is by praying and I'm going to help you to pray just now so pray this prayer with me if that's you and you're saying Peter I want God right in my life today I want to know God I want to know his forgiveness I want to have a new start pray this prayer with me just one line at a time say under your breath dear Lord God thank you for your love for me thank you so much that you're with me today And Jesus, thank you that you were willing to die for me 2,000 years ago, paying the price for all my sin. I believe you're alive right now. And I commit myself to you. I know that I am a sinner. Please forgive me for all my sins. Give me a whole new start in life, I pray. From here on in, Lord, I'm making a choice that I will follow you Jesus be Lord of my life from now on. Thank you for hearing my prayer.